Real quick, friends, before we dive into today's episode, I've got a special invitation for you to join me live and in person for my upcoming masterclass, Your Three-Step Visibility Engine. In this class, I'm giving you the juicy secrets to my playbook on showing up in front of a bigger audience and how you can create your playbook to use on rinse and repeat. Grab your seat at podcaster.com forward slash masterclass. See you there. The power of a podcast extends well beyond plugging in the mic. So if you're ready to learn how it can help you build a big business, then I'm your best friend. Hi, I'm Joanne Bolt, and I am obsessed with all things podcasting and creating an unapologetically big revenue business with it. From podcast guesting to podcast hosting and everything in between, we're going to dive into it all and show you step by awesome step how using a podcast can and will grow your business. So grab a glass of wine and pop your headphones on because girlfriend, happy hour has begun here on The Beat Word. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today's guest, Christina Bartold, is a super amazing human being. She and I are so alike in our thought process, even though we are on a little bit different sides of the marketing spectrum for growing your business. But the thought process is really, really honed in on that. You cannot post something a million times and expect it to generate revenue like magic. This is not the Staples easy button, folks. You got to make some effort into it and you got to build relationships. And that is what this little gem is fantastic at. So welcome to the show. Oh, Jen, thanks so much for having me. And I feel like we've got so many mutual friends and connections. So it's like we're already friends and already buddies. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here and, and to chat all things social, podcasting, business with you. You know, it's funny. I feel kind of like when I walked into the digital entrepreneurship world, you know, I was a little lost. I didn't know anyone. I was coming out of real estate where I knew everyone and everyone knew me, no matter what brokerage you were at. And then I came into this world and I was like, oh, my God, I'm the new kid at school starting over. And then I kind of found the network that you and I are circling in right now. And it's like joining a podcasting, social media type sorority, where it's like, you know, everyone without actually knowing everyone. Yeah, it's actually so funny you say that because today one of my friends, online friends, actually, she's in person as well, I guess now, but she did a podcast or introduction for me. Like she sent me an email. She's like, you need to have this girl on your podcast, like meet Tiffany. And I was like, I've already had Tiffany on my podcast. Like, I like, you know, she can come back if she wants. And I her episode hasn't even aired yet, but it's, it's just so funny. Like once you're kind of in the community and you've built some good community, you have opportunities to to kind of connect with people. And yeah, there's so many doors open from you just being open to, to building community. I love that so much. And that kind of leads right into what we're going to talk about, which is building those connections, that community in order to grow your business. So what brought you into the side of it that you're that you are, you know, are the goat in? Yeah. So our focus at The Social Step is really around done-for-you social media and podcasting. We do some, like we have an Instagram course, we do some consulting and coaching, but really focused on done-for-you. And we kind of got into it naturally. I had another business that my business partner worked in with me, and uh, we kind of went hard there. And and we realized that social media was something that everybody needed, and we had built such a great community. And I would sell things like, I would be like, oh, I have this. And then, you know, 30 people would buy it off my affiliate link. And I realized that I was starting to get traction, even though I was, I would never call myself a micro influencer. I'd never do it. But it would be more about the fact that I really had built a lot of know, like, and trust with people. And so I had done that all online. And so I became obsessed with teaching people how to do that, uh, obsessed with teaching people 
how to build know, like, and trust with their audience, whether it's 10 people or 10,000, how do you convert those people from followers to fans? And so that's kind of how I got into it. And so now since then, we've been in business about two and a half years. We have 60 clients, like we're, we're kind of full, full tilt, full scale. But I love the work that we do because I actually think that so many business owners spend so much time like in the hamster wheel of social media, like posting nonstop 10 times a day, being so worried. But really, it's about like building that community. And, and I think sometimes that's lost on both. Yeah, I agree. You know, I used to tell people when I was in real estate that if you didn't build a community and you didn't have no like and trust, you could have all the for sale signs out in a neighborhood that you want and people still aren't going to call you to, to, you know, have you buy or sell a home with them. They've got to know that you know what you're doing and you're, you know, trustworthy. A hundred percent. Actually, I had a client who came to me, a prospective client, they're a real estate agent. And she was like, I really want social media help. And I was like, have you ever sold a home before? And she was like, no. And I was like, social media is not where I would spend my time right now. Like where I would spend my time is meeting local people. Like I would go and join a chamber of commerce. I'd love your money, would be very happy to take it, but it's not an integrity for me to take money from you because I actually don't think that we're going to be able to help you the way you need. And it's because some of these businesses, like especially if you're hyper-local, like go and meet people. Like it's not all about social media, even though I think social media is such an amazing tool, but you need to be building no like and trust because otherwise you could have a million followers and you won't be able to sell a t-shirt. So you really, really want to be able to build build those connections. So how do you guys specifically on the social media front if it's done for, and pardon me as I'm going to ask probably what is a dumb question, but I guarantee if I'm thinking it, someone else is too. If it's done for you, but you're supposed to have no like and trust, how can someone else do my social media for me? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And that's a great question that comes up all the time. So often when I do a discovery call with someone, one of the first questions I get is kind of like, how are you going to keep my voice in check? Like, you know, I don't want it to sound corporate-y. I want it to sound like me. And a big piece of what we do at the beginning is learning how you sound, you know, your language. We try to replicate things that you say. But what our clients find that I think is so cool is that when we're focused on making their content and advising on things they should do, the magic starts to happen. Social media stops becoming a chore and it starts becoming something that you're excited about because you're actually like, hey, someone's in here on my feed post. And yeah, maybe I need to show up in a reel and but my reel is fully edited for me and the captions done and I don't need to worry about it. So I just get to just like shoot it off and then it's all done for me. But then you get to show up in stories authentically. You get excited about it because I know a lot of business owners, Joanne, like a lot of them are feeling analysis paralysis. They go to post something and they stare at it. Oh, that's not the right color. Oh, that's like, you know, not the right photo. Oh, dude, what do I look like there? Oh, my messaging, is that going to offend somebody? Is that going to reach my ideal client? What hashtag should I use, right? Like all of these questions and it keeps people from doing anything. And so what I'm really passionate about is like, let's just remove some of those barriers. And this way, when you're showing up in stories, you can show that, no, you can build that no like and trust by showing behind the scenes, showing your, your social proof that you're great at what you do. And let us take care of all the stuff that is causing you all that anguish. And it's different for every client. Some clients come to us and they're like, hey, I want to write every single caption because I love writing, but I hate making videos. And then there's clients who are like, I can talk on a video all day, but I like can't write a caption to save my life. So we, we're able to kind of all kind of work together. I love that. You're like the yin to their yang. Totally. I actually had a client say to us, she's like, it's so relaxing working with you, which was like the highest compliment of all time because like relaxing, like I don't even find social media relaxing. But the other thing that she said was that it was like we were her business partner. And so that's actually what I'm leaning into is like, almost calling it like a social media business partner where it's like we're in it with you because honestly I love our clients and I want to see them be successful and I know that when they make more money we come along with them so 
I want them to be, you know, doing the damn thing the way they want to do it. So yeah, it's it's such a gift to get to work with so many amazing business owners. Here's what I like about this concept, and I utilize it a lot here at the B Word, is I actually don't have any employees on my team. I have a bunch of contractors on my team. Right. And I do that very strategically and with a lot of intent behind it, because instead of me hiring someone to do my social media and paying them through, you know, Joanne Bolt Inc., which I could, I would rather go to an agency or a company like you that looks at it like a partnership and and have it be dealt with like a partnership. You know, I don't want it done for you where they check in with me once a month. I want someone who I feel like they work for me. But they really don't. And the reason behind that is you're so keeping your finger on the pulse of what's really happening in your specific lane. And because you have multiple clients, you're really getting to see a good overview of your specific lane. But you're probably doing it better than anyone else out there. A hundred percent. I totally agree. And like that's actually something I see happen a lot where I'll get a client that will come to us and they're like, I had an admin assistant who was doing my social. And I'm like, you set that person up for failure, right? They're not a social media manager. They don't care about, maybe they do, you get the the unicorns, but like, they're not going to care about, you know, what's the latest trend and how do you optimize it? We know social media platforms reward early adopters. So that's something we think about for all of our clients, that it's like, okay, this new feature came up. Who's going to benefit from that? Oh, Anthony's going to benefit from that because this is what he sells. And I'm going to make sure that a blog post is written about that. And we're going to go ahead on on that because when they do well, we do well with them, right? So it's like all a big win. But when you're putting so much pressure on somebody in your team to be everything for you, they end up almost being nothing for you because they're so overwhelmed by everything they're working on. So we have one full-time employee. She's incredible. I'm obsessed with her. But she would tell you the same thing. She's like, I have no idea what I do day in and day out because I kind of do anything you tell me to do. But we have a million, like, I think we have 20 contractors we work with on our team that feel like they're part of our team and they work with our clients and we train them and they're awesome. But it allows them that flexibility to do whatever they want to do as they do it and like pour into people's businesses and then pour out, which actually I think a lot of like the younger generation is actually really into. It's kind of like consulting, only they don't think of it that way, which I lean into because that's what I did straight out of college and it's still my favorite all-time job. I think I actually landed in real estate because I enjoy that consulting aspect of you get to pop in, you get to be really involved and engaged with someone, and then you can pop back out and in as necessary into their lives. Yeah, I love that. And it's so powerful, right? Like you get to pop in on something that you're so passionate and excited about. Like not one of our social media managers is somebody who is like, oh, like I don't like love Instagram. Like these people are sending me information about Instagram or they're like, hey, Christina, I don't know if you saw this YouTube video, but like there's this new feature coming out and you should try this. And I'm like, leave me alone. Like, I I don't want to even like do any of this stuff, but they're so passionate about it. So it's like so exciting to to be a part of. And I love watching this whole industry unfold. You know, I was having a conversation with my dad the other day. He's in his 70s. Bless him. Mm. And A, I, I don't even know how many times I've tried to explain what podcasting is. He just cannot fathom how I actually make money off something that people listen to for free. And I'm tired of explaining it to him. So I just laugh and I'm like, well, just don't worry about it. I'll just get all your money when you die. And that's how we like laugh about it. (laughs) Seriously, we do. But, you know, he is super frustrated with me right now because we were talking about my two kids going to college. And I'm like, well, I got one kid that's definitely heading either to engineering school or law school or something like that. And I got one kid that probably won't go to college. Let's just be honest. And that's not because she's not smart enough, but she's such a damn creative that I'm like, no, no, 
you may go to graphic design type school or something like that and specifically learn that trade. But girlfriend, you will end up working for a podcaster or a social media management or owning your own. Like you don't need to go to college necessarily for that. I mean, you need to know how to run a business, but I can, you know, we can take courses for that. But my dad's like, I don't get this generation. They can just do all kinds of things that you don't have to do six years in college or four years in college for. And I'm like, amen. Isn't that great? Honestly, I'm like, this is not meant to be a humble brag, but I have two master's degrees that I don't use. So yes. it's like, it's like I went to school. I did all the things. I bought a house. I got married. I like, you know, I went to grad school. I went to grad school again. I had a full-time job. I had a pension. I had all of these things that now I'm like, oh my God, I would never encourage that for my children. No, like I wouldn't either. And I think that's why my dad's frustrated because I have two degrees and I was valedictorian of, you know, the University of Georgia, like, yeah, super, you know, could have done a whole bunch of other stuff. And I then went into real estate and now podcasting. And he's like, neither one of those need a degree. I'm like, nope, you don't. Yeah, but I feel and I don't know if this is probably like, I don't know if you feel this way too, but I do feel like although I like never use these things, they weren't a waste of time. Because I feel like I am who I am because of those experiences. Oh, no, I do agree with that for sure. Yeah. And but I don't think anyone's missing anything. You know what I am? Like someone goes and they spend. I learned as much in my master's degree as I did living abroad for four months. Like I like when I look back on my like on my 20s, like that's what I look back on. I don't think, oh, like, wow, I'm so glad I did so much homework. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I lived in Europe for a summer. Like that was awesome. Like, so I think there's all these things that create these experiences. And as business owners, like, you can learn, you can outsource accounting, you can outsource bookkeeping, you can outsource your social, you can outsource your podcasting. But what you need to be good at is your craft. And that's where I think like when you're good at your craft, that's where you could be like, oh, I actually like, I'm really passionate about talking about it. And I want to start a podcast and I need help monetizing it. Because podcast editing isn't cheap outside of that myself. So it's like really figuring out like what the ROI is in your business. But it's also like recognizing you have all these worldly experiences that have led you to this point, which, yeah, it's really exciting. Okay, so completely off topic, but, you know, as a fellow study abroad person, I have to ask, where did you study? Okay, this is not as study abroad cool as other people's is. So I just need to name it. I just prepare yourself. I volunteered for four months in Ukraine, but we would spend at an orphanage, but we would spend like all our weekends like doing stuff. So we went to Paris, we went to England. And then when I graduated university, I worked at the university for years, like seven. And when I graduated, I, every year I would go on like a one month Europe trip. So I would go, my parents are Polish, I would go to Poland, and I would do my little Poland thing, and then I did my Germany thing, and then, you know, go to Switzerland. So I've done some Europe. I've basically not, the only place I really haven't been is like Italy and Croatia, but I'm holding on. Where did you go? Oh, I went to Italy. Oh. And girl. Mm. I'm missing out, eh? Oh, you're missing out. Like, I've never been to Ukraine, but I will tell you, I studied in Italy. I've been back to Italy. My husband worked in London for a while, so we've like done almost all of Europe. And I, the big vision board for both of us is after the kids, you know, graduate and kind of get established and do their own thing. Because let's be honest, I can work from anywhere. I podcast. My husband is a global account manager who works from home. He can work from anywhere as long as he has an airport. I'm like, neither one of us, I think, will live stateside once the kids are gone. Like, we'll Oh, my gosh. Okay, you think you're going back to Italy? Or we'll probably end up based in London because that is, I mean, it's easier. It's English speaking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, oh, can we just spend weekends in Italy if we're in London? Like, oh, yeah, I love uh, it. I love it so much. But isn't that the incredible part, I think, also of having a business, right? Is that like you can work anywhere often and it's not brick and mortar. Sorry, our brick and mortar listening friends. But like you, you can hire someone to run your brick and mortar, but like you can do all of these amazing things. And that's the gift of running a business that often we get so 
worn down by the like the minutia of like oh you know podcast i'm spending five hours editing my podcast i'm spending 10 hours doing this i'm spending 20 hours doing that and not building the system so that we can like build these dreams that we've been that we've been building yeah i've actually spent the last six or seven weeks really heads down and focusing on how do i implement and put into place the people the processes and the tools that i need so that next june we can maybe spend the entire month in Italy. Like we're already there for 11 days, just my husband and I. And I'm like, I would love to fly the kids over for the remainder of the month and just go ahead and have the whole month in Italy. But I know ahead of time, if that's what I'm going to do, you know, I'd have to bring in people like you who specialize in the social media or a pod, like I got a podcasting editor. Like I'm bringing in all these pieces to the business so that when I'm gone, I can run the business as easily as possible legitimately from anywhere in the world. Yeah, I love that. And that's the whole point of working this hard and like doing this, the, like it's the trade-off of a 401k or, or like, I think that's what you guys call it in the States, but for us, it's like pension, right? Like that's the trade-off is you get to like do these amazing things. And also what an amazing opportunity for you to be a role model for your family about what's possible. Yeah. Like that's what I think too is like even I, I, I've only been an entrepreneur for two and a half years, I've only been like a full-time entrepreneur for a year and a half. And even me and my husband, I'm like, I'd love to be in Phoenix for the whole month of February next year. Oh, let's do it. I'm down. Are you in oh, Phoenix? No, but I'll go to Phoenix. Okay. Love come Phoenix. To Phoenix. Come hang. But it's like, yeah. And Josh is like, yeah, like that's kind of annoying because we have a German Shepherd, but German Shepherd loves grandma. So we're all fine. And like, but why not? Like, why not do this? And this is the time to do it. So we, you know, nothing's promised and I love this for you. This is going to be amazing. Oh, I threaten my husband all the time. I'm like, dude, if we ever, you know, if you ever come home and I'm just not here, right? Like, check the passport. If it's gone, I'm in London. If the passport <laughs> is here, I'm probably in Phoenix. Like, th- those are my two spots. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to definitely meet up in Phoenix. I love a good Phoenix trip. Oh, God. Yes. Camelback. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So good. Honestly, I I think if I'm going to become a blogger, I'd become like a Scottsdale blogger. Because I'm always, like, I'm obsessed. Like all the things I do, something different every time I'm there. Yeah, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed by it. But it's like part of what attracts me so much to Phoenix, truthfully, is the entrepreneurial vibe. I think it's- that's what attracts me so so much too. Is just like I we said that group we're kind of circling in and overconnect and interlap a lot. Is uh, half the time I look up, I'm like, oh, that person is. Of course they are. They're in Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. that person lives. Oh, uh, yeah, Phoenix. And I'm like, Dad, come it. And they have the best. I'm sorry. I know it's hot as Hades, but they have the best weather. You love it. Is it not hot? I'm a, I'm from Atlanta. Like we do right. hot. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm a Canadian. So it's like it's 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 a little hotter that I'm comfortable with even in their winter. Like when it's like not hot, I'm like, ooh, like this is spicy over here. But I love I love the energy behind it. And that's actually part of it too, is like being around like-minded people who, you know, help propel your business, help think about things in a different way. Like that's the magic. I love it. Yeah. All right. So one thing that we always talk to our entrepreneurs about is, of course, their podcast. And you and I were talking before we hit the record button about your podcast and how you really recognize it as a lead generation tool for you. So I'd love for you to dive in with our audience on just how you're taking your podcast from being just a piece of the business to actually generating revenue. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's super interesting. So I think about this all the time because obviously we offer podcast editing services and stuff. So even when I pitch with people, it's like, I always am like, it's a long game, like podcast, you're like, you're not going to get sponsors on the pop, like, you know, really just being honest with people about that. But really, for me, what's been amazing about it is that the way it's been a lead gentle is one, the authority building that comes with it. Like, 
It's been incredible to be able to talk about social media, talk about podcasting, and people really like listen and be excited about it. Two, I noticed that my discovery calls are so much more informed. So people come and they've like binged a bunch of podcast episodes. They've come and they're like, hey, like this is what I align with you on. I like this. I don't like this. Like really good conversations. And the number one hack of why I think podcasting is like a must almost for any online business. I'm like, everyone should do this. Even though I wouldn't have the time to listen to all these podcasts, so I'm also like people relax on the podcasting because there's so many good ones, is it is the most incredible networking tool, which is actually how I my business runs, is that we are 100% on referral. We work like 100% on referral. And that's such a gift. I don't take that for granted. But it's given me an opportunity to meet a whole bunch of other like-minded people that not only might need my services, but they might know somebody that needs my services. And so now we've become kind of referral partners, which is such a gift. And the last thing I'll say about this too, which has been amazing, was that having a platform like a podcast that you own allows you to bring in people who are also looking for platforms. So if you have someone that you're really excited about, so I'll give you an example because I, I think you're familiar with Chris and Lori Harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Chris, like for example, I had done Fast Foundations. I knew him from FFM, but like not like by name, like we knew each other's names, but like I wouldn't like I couldn't contact him. Like there was no like whatever. I did a roundtable and we had a great conversation. At the roundtable, I asked him, I'm like, I'm going to be in Arizona again in a few weeks. Would you be willing to be on my podcast? I'd be happy to rent a studio. I'd cut up the clips for you. Like, but totally okay if not, because like I get your energy is like, you know, you're a busy, busy man. And he was like, heck yes. Like, that's a no brainer. So he came, we did it. I did one with Lizzie Schwartz. I did one with Keisha. Like, Lori and I are trying to find a time to do it. Like, so it's like, I would never have the opportunity to probably take these people out for coffee because yes. they're so busy. I would hope they'd say yes, but I know some of these folks are quite busy, right? So, okay, these are mentors that I want to learn from. That's an hour of their time they're giving to me, but it's a great opportunity for me to show up and rise to the occasion in the conversation as well. So they're seeing that I know myself on social. Referrals have come from all of these sources and stuff just from me being able to show up. So that's where I think podcasting is such a sleeping thing where people are like, Oh, you just get a mic and you post it. And it's like, you know, for your audience. And I'm like, yeah, it's for your audience, but it's also for you and for your network and for your growth and your referrals, which which is pretty powerful. Yeah, I think when you take that half-baked idea of a podcast and you turn it into an actual strategy, which is what I teach women, yeah, that is when that magic really happens that you're talking about. I mean, because you're right. I, I reached out. I was listening to the Powerhouse Women podcast and I thought, oh my God, this woman would never talk to me on a normal basis. I reached out to Lindsay Schwartz. She was like, sure, I'll be on your podcast. You know, and then I ended up going to a mastermind with her. Like, yeah. and then she introduced me to Lori Harder and some of that, again, some of that same circle that in an everyday world, I would have thought, I don't have the right to be sitting in the room with you, much less asking you to come participate with me. But people will say yes, because it is like its own little, well, I'll say it again. It's all its own little sorority. Yeah, 100%. And people want like everyone's in this audience building stage right now, I think, like post yeah. And actually, that's something I really learned from Chris at the roundtable was someone had asked him something like, oh, like who who's winning right now in business? And he was like the people who are running in-person events, like people yes. who are able to get people in, in person. So I've been kind of going all in on in-person and mostly because it's really underserved in my area. Like, so I'm, I'm really trying to do that. But what has been so amazing about that is that like, these connections are forming. I'm having people on my podcast I would have never had before. People are asking, pitching me to be on my podcast who I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been following you for years. I know you and I would love to, right? Like, But it's because we're all doing this stuff in community. And that's where I think 
having a platform that you can invite people on is such a, like I had somebody who had asked me, they're like, I think I'm going to go on a podcast tour. And I was like, sure. But what do you have back for these people? Like, what are you going to give them back? Because gone are the days, unless you're still in your, I call it the freshman year of podcasting and business. Gone are the days where you can just say, oh, I'll promote you on my socials. They need more than that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. A hundred percent. They don't need the growth that way. They need something. They need a collaboration. They need to know that maybe it's not a waste of their time because there'll be a opportunity for a referral partner or just a good person that they can get to know. Yeah. And it's like, even I've had it too, where I'm like reached out to someone. They're like, what are your download numbers? Yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to come on unless my download numbers are good. But then I also think it's like, would I do a collaboration with someone who had 80 followers? You know, like we have to ask the questions, right? And so I think it's really important, like when podcasting, like, it's, it's really about how do you provide that ROI back to your guests too, which I know you do a really good job of. But like something I do for my guests, like if, you know, a, not every guest because this would take up years of my life. But if there's somebody who I'm like, I need this person on my podcast, I want them so bad. I will try to be like, okay, can we do this in person? I would love to clip the clips for you. My my social media team will take your clips. They'll brand them for you. They'll make nice clips for you. That's totally in your branding. Like that's not a, like above and beyond, but I want to make it feel like so worth their time to do. And that's what Lindsay said when I reached out to her. She was like, I'm not in a podcast recording season right now. But like, this was kind of undeniable. And like, that was a great ask. And I was like, great. Like, you know, she wanted clips. That's helpful for social media because everybody's in the audience building phase. Yeah. So we've got one of my workshops this weekend here in Atlanta. And I actually reached out to Ali Casaza, who's massively big on Instagram. and, And she and I started chatting. And I said, hey, would you mind flying in for this thing? And I'm thinking she's going to ask me for a $50,000 speaking fee. You know, like, what am I getting myself in with? And she was like, sure, buy my plane ticket and I'll be there. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know why? Because A, she likes my audience. She likes what we're doing. And it also meets her ideal audience. But I've got my entire video crew here for a day and a half. And I'm like, I will give you raw and edited all of it. You can do whatever you want to with it. She's like, fantastic. This take care of a PR thing that I need. Yeah. And that's what you're right. That's where everyone is. We're in audience growth and we need those in-person recordings. A hundred percent. Like even my friend, I had a friend who wanted to do some speaking and she was like, I need a speaker reel. So I was like, I could put on an event for you if you want. Like, you know, where it's like, you can come be the speaker of my event. Like, I don't care. Like how we can try to create these things for each other and like build that is really important. And podcasting is an amazing way to not only like grow that network, but like even today I had a call with somebody and she, she was a connection of someone I had on my podcast I like I have never talked to this person again after they were on my podcast and she made the connection for me and this girl came on she was like she was raving about you I like need a podcast I need this this and this and I was like oh you were a referral partner I didn't even know I had yeah like, I and those are the best kind sometimes yeah. yeah I didn't even know like and we work on 100% on referrals so yeah definitely a huge gift and I think yeah it, it can be something that's that's really incredible you know what I, one of the things I love about you I'm gonna land the plane here for a second is a, not only is the social snippet a, a social media agency, but because you understand and have your own podcast. So if a podcaster is sending you clips or talking to you about, we need to, you know, have an Instagram page for the podcast, you get how to do social media for that at a different level. Totally. And I'm you know what I mean. Like, it's not just about giving me a 30 second audiogram clip. It's what else can we do to to gain a community that is following this podcast and you as the host. Yeah. 
Because there's a lot of things, too, that you could do to leverage. So it's not enough. I'm just going to be honest. It's not enough to just post a clip. Like, no, it's not. And this, and this was something that was really coming up for us with our clients because people would be like, oh, my numbers aren't growing. And I'd be like, yeah, because you're not talking about it. And you're not asking your guests to share. And you're not like, there's these things that you have to do repeatedly because you need to train people on how to receive you. Yeah. So it's like showing up in stories. Every single time that I show up in stories about a podcast, I get so many more downloads because people are interested in what I have to say about it. Yeah. So even this week, we posted a lot about AI and I showed up in stories quickly and I said, hey, like Maria and I talked about AI and the way to use AI for social media. It was kind of a crapshoot. Like this is kind of what we talked about. It was fun. And so many downloads have come from that story. But it's like, I can't just post things that expect people to download them. Like I need to teach people like how to receive me. And so I think, yes, I totally agree. And Jen, like so much of that came from the fact that like, like we, me and Maria, my business partner, we believed in podcasting so much as a community building tool. And that's really our our vibe. It's about community. It's not really about social media. It's not about podcasting. It's about the way that we as entrepreneurs can build our community so that they buy from us. And eventually, even if it takes five years. But yeah, it's like, it's such a gift. All right. So let me ask you one last question and then I'll let you go. Because this is one of those things I get asked all the time and everyone has a different opinion about it. So whatever you say is, you know, your opinion and that's great. But from your perspective, do you need a separate Instagram page or account for your podcast? Because some people have it and some don't. And some of the big ones have it and some don't. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. I don't personally. So I think it's about your capacity and about your long-term vision for the podcast. So one capacity, if you can't post regularly on your own page. Yeah, you're right. Then don't. Yeah. Don't, don't do the second one. No. And the other thing I think is that people want to listen to podcasts because they they want to hear from you. And that's where I think it's really powerful to just use your personal brand. So for me, I, I don't have one, but we post on the social standard page. I cross post to the Christina Bartold page. It's all good kind of there, but I don't have the capacity to run another page. And also, I know people listen because of me. Mm-hmm. This se- And it's the same for you. People listen because of you. They don't listen because they're like, oh man, I need to learn about business. Like, where should I go? I should try to find. They're like, no, I'm up to end. Like, this is the value she's provided. I'm going all in. They heard you somewhere else. Like, whatever that looks like. The other thing about it is it's a yes if you want to sell your podcast long term. And so I think if you're in a position where you're like, I want to sell my business and my podcast is associated with my business, then I would say, yeah, I would do it so that this way you have more of an asset when it's time to sell. So you have a community that's there because a lot of people, when they sell businesses, I have friends who have done this. When they sell businesses, the businesses are so intertwined with their personal brand that it's like the business isn't worth anything. It's hard to chunk it out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking that this is a long-term play and you're like, okay, I want to create, you know, for example, you know, a, like a B, like B school dance or like whatever, B school is a bad example because of Marie Forleo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, then I would say, yeah, like do your own thing. But honestly, I I probably, I, I won't be, I don't encourage it for clients just because I, I don't think people have the time. Okay. That makes sense. All right. You guys heard it first, straight out of Christina's mouth. So Christina, where would you most like people to connect with you? I know most of us are on all the socials, but we have the one or two we play on the most. Yeah. So I am certainly most on Instagram and you can find me at Christina.Bartold. I spell my name with a K. So yeah, you can find me there and I'd love to hear from you about what resonated for you. If there's any nuggets that you took away. And I would also love for you to like just hit me up because any friend of Duran's is now a friend of mine. 
And uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful to you for inviting me and for for making the connection, the first connection between us. Because I, yeah, I think this will be a long one and lots of opportunities for us to pour into each other. Fantastic. All right, guys, we'll put everything in the show notes. Until then, build your business, put a microphone on it. We'll see you same time, same place next week. You just finished another episode of the B Word podcast. Cheers to you. If I were with you, I would literally pop a big old bottle of Prosecco and pour you a glass. Since I'm not, why don't you do the next best thing and share this episode with one of your besties? Because we all know you've got that one girlfriend that needs to hear it. Thanks, friends.